And, um, and, and this morning, you got to see what mothers do. Yeah. That was awesome. They get in ice-cold water in front of a large crowd of people. And uh, proud of Jeremiah, that water was very cold. And if you're feeling really generous, we need something to heat up the water, okay? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we just need something. Our hot water heater is not that big. So um, so anyway, uh, I am really, uh, I'm excited about this morning. We are kicking off a brand new series uh, called Building Stronger Homes. And we're going to be doing some really neat stuff between now and Father's Day. We're going to talk about, we're taking a short break. We've been doing the, our series on Philippians. We're coming back to Philippians. You know, if you, let me tell you, I have put way too much work in Philippians not to come back to it. If you don't know the book of Philippians, the message of Philippians is this. There is joy in the gospel. Because the gospel is all over Philippians. It's used around 10 times. Joy, rejoice, gladness, I think is used around 16 times. All of that in 103 verses, that's all. And uh, so there's just so much that we want to come back to in that. But what we want to do is I just every year, I think it's really important. I, I For me, it's hugely important that I get to talk with you a little bit about family because we really want to see our families excel in every way. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that. But today, we're going to kick off our series on uh, building stronger homes by celebrating motherhood. We've kind of already seen that and done that, but we're going to continue to do that today. So uh, what I'd like to do, I'm going to start with you, Kathy. Uh, I'd like you to tell us, a, huh? Yeah, you just you have to hold it. You have to hold it right here, right here. Okay, right to your chin. Okay, pretend like it's glued there. And uh, can you tell us a little bit? I'm, I'm going to ask you a question about a favorite mom moment. But first of all, I want you to tell us a little bit about this picture. What's going on here? Okay. So Chris and Pauline are on the far left. Um, Pauline is from Canada. He lives here over across the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's me and Bush. Uh, he's an off. And then next to Bush is Andy. He's our oldest son. He's single. We're fit. Tastes like jelly. <laughs> and then Susie and Charlie and... Two of their, well, that's Mitch on, the, Mitch is the oldest one, and Sammy, who is now a junior in high school, hmm. and then Nico wasn't born yet, so so this, I think this was at Christmas, and we were just messing around. I love that of Chris. He looks crazy. <laughs> so, Chris is a great guy. If y'all have never met him, he yeah. is a super guy. He's just a solid love with people. Jesus. And, yeah. yeah. He's just a... I mean, I can remember for years uh, going over to Coffee World, seeing studying the scriptures there and stuff yeah. like that. I've always appreciated Chris. So, am and I your other kids too. So am I making this noise? Awesome. No. Oh, that's the heater. Yeah, the okay. heater or the air conditioner. <laughs> I'm not sure which. Okay, can we see that next picture? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. This is a fun picture. Tell us about. This. All right, these are five generations of the girls. That my mom is Helen. Five generations. All right. Well, actually, Mitch is the Mitch and Nikki. Nikki's are the, the uh-huh. granddaughter-in-law in this picture. Unfortunately, they're not together anymore. But anyway, Helen is my mom. Me, Susie, is a nurse at Kaiser, and then Nikki. She she um, works down in a medical clinic, Southern Cal- San Diego. And Mia, Mia is actually in third grade, finishing third grade now. Wow. She's very young third grader, but 
That's great. So that we we were all together. We thought we just got to get a picture. Yeah. And they were put my sister's uh, big log cabin home on Whidbey Island. Okay. So she's got like eight queen size beds in that place. And That's great. We just kind of spread all over, and That's the good, kids man. go play in the woods and. <laughs> Super. Yeah. So can you tell us about a special moment that you had with your mom that was, I don't know, special for you, and how was it special? Why was it special? Okay. Um, I, I thought of, does this, is, does this need to be silly or regular? Well, I just remember uh, her telling me one time she'd had, um, she was feeling kind of nostalgic, I think, and she just said, I my mother did not know has not known the Lord until recent years. Mm -hmm. And she just passed away two years ago Mm -hmm. at a hundred. Anyway, um, she just said how much she appreciated her two beautiful daughters. Mm -hmm. I have just one sister who's, I was a year behind me in school. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, and she was, she was taller than me, so everyone thought she was the oldest one. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, we both always felt like we were beautiful to our mom mm. and to our dad. That's great. So I remember that event. And then I remember when I was really little, um, she would be sitting on the couch, uh, and this would be in the evening just before bedtime, and Donna would be on one side and I'd be on the other and she'd just be reading to us and I'd be listening away and she said, Kathleen, you're not listening. I said, yeah, I'm listening and I'd tell her the story but I was, you know, on my mind. I was messing around with my PJs or something. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but anyway, but she read to us every night. <coughs> so I just remember that. We mm. just with a warm feeling, you know. Mm. So I loved having that. And then we would go to bed. Fantastic. Every night. And so, oh, yeah. And then we always prayed before we went to bed, even though she didn't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. She had an older sister who did. Well, I think Aunt Georgie did. Mm -hmm. Aunt Georgie never had kids, so she made, um, she had embroidered a little plaque for over our beds that says, Now I lay me down to sleep. I Mm -hmm. pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, you know, <laughs> that scared the, that scared me. But anyway, we prayed every night and we prayed for somebody, you know, and so mom did what she could, you know, she, that's, you know, and then we went to bed. That's great. That's great. I thought I saw a little bit of Tim Hawkins coming out there for a moment. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's another story. All right, Carolyn, uh, let's let's uh, shift to you. Uh, can you tell us first about this picture, please? Okay. First of all, I took that yesterday because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a current picture, mom. Okay, mom, I'm sorry. Mom's like, I don't have any makeup on. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> but that's mom. That's mom. Yeah. My okay. precious mom. Okay, in the next picture here, tell us about this. Oh, those are my, they don't know that one. See, they bow their heads. <laughs> those, those, that, those are why I get to be called mom. Um, uh, my, my, my life, my daughters. Um, Laura, 19. Katie, just turning 13. Mm, that's exciting. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks. Can you tell us about a special memory you have with your mom? Sure. So, um, I don't know that I have, like, special memory. I have memories. So um, mom was always there for my sister and I growing up. Um, my parents were pretty active. But whether it was being in brownies or Girl Scouts or Bobby Socks or Rainbow for Girls, they were always there. In fact, 
Much to our dismay, my mother would make our dresses for Rainbow for Girls. <clears throat> True story, I'd sit in the closet and try to tear them. <laughs> because, you know, you just didn't want to wear a dress your mom made, but mom was just always giving that way. So um, now mom is 86, and her highlight is her granddaughters and doing whatever she can for them. Um, mom loves people, and um, if you if you ever meet my mom, she'll after surviving, she's survived three cancers. Um, so she's, she's a miracle. She will tell you she is here today because of the good Lord. Mm-hmm. Almost the first thing out of your mouth. Hi, my name is Pat. I'm here today because of the good Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just, she's amazing. If you, if you ever meet her, you'll love her and you'll want to be like her when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Carolyn. A uh, little tweet. Uh, can you tell us about this picture? Can y'all, y'all know which one's, uh, joy here? <laughs> Isn't that Cassidy? Yeah, I know. It looks like my girls. Um, This was, I was probably four um, in that picture. And I was, I have more current pictures, but I thought, I kind of know, I kind of wanted to get the old pictures out. And so that was me and mom. Um, Probably when we were in Sulphur, my dad was a pastor at First Baptist Sulphur at that time um, in Oklahoma. And um, yeah. So I was probably three or four there. All right, fantastic. And can we see? There we go. So can you tell us about this? Yes, these are um, my gifts from God. Mm -hmm. So this was Easter this year. And um, anytime our family can be together is just a gift. Mm -hmm. So um, Caleb's living up in Elk Grove. So he's, when he gets to come home, it's a treat. And uh, so thanks for coming today, son. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they're my gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And can you tell us about a special memory that you have with your mom? I have lots of special memories of our mom, but <laughs> some of them are really we're funny, not asking too. asking you. Yeah. Um, so <coughs> I think when I think of my mom, she is a connector with people. And, um, like, this poll bothers me because I can't see Jeremy. Anyway, um, but she is a connector of people. So when we were growing up, her routine is she would, I have three brothers, she would have a talk time with us every night before bed, and, um, and so she, we would always read a chapter of the Bible, and we would pray, and she'd say, you know, is there anything you want to talk about, anything you want to pray about, and then we would read the Bible, and we would do that every night, and so whatever was happening in my day, I knew that before bed, I got to connect with mom. And so she, and she was intuitive. She kind of knew what was going on and she was a stay home mom. So my memory is that anytime I was home, my mom was home. Um, but she was, she's the connector, um, of the family and, and always reading the Bible. And I remember sometimes I'd be so sleepy, but we still had to read the Bible. I can remember falling asleep in the prayer and then, you know, waking up in the prayer, but we were in the scriptures every night with mom. Fantastic. Thanks, Tweet. So uh, I just want to tell stories. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I've got great stories with Joy's mom. That's that's why. So uh, let's let's uh, Carolyn. I want to start with you this time. Okay. okay? Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received as a mom? Um, well, I'll just tell one of the early on pieces of advice that I received. So both of my girls were preemies. Um, Lauren was born at two pounds five ounces. Miracle. Uh, Katie was four. She was our big baby. She was four pounds. Um, so from the time that they were little, the nurses told us not to compare them to other children. They will be delayed, um, but they will catch up. 
So that's always stuck with me, um, that I, I never want to compare my children to anyone else, but love and embrace them for who God made them to be. Yes. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, what about either Joy or, or Kathy? What, it, what's probably the best piece of, of uh, maybe advice you've ever received as a mom? Well, you've probably heard of you've probably heard of the kiss principle. Um, so I think that you know, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I changed it to sweetie. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, stupid. I like that. I'll use that sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay, keep it simple, sweetie. I'm saying this to myself mm-hmm. um, because um, your kids are with you such a short time, mm-hmm. and. There's so many demands on you and them as the years go by. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep it simple. And my husband is really good at that. Mm-hmm. He purposely, we did have the, the kids participating in some sports here and there. But when it cut into our family time, no. Mm-hmm. So, and <clears throat> and I kind of picked up on that when I was up in Washington State, where I'm from, Dr. Aldrich, who is at Multnomah School of the Bible, I think they had nine kids. And his, right after his mom died, his um, son was up at the camp where I was counseling. And I said, how did it go with you and your family? And he said, well, we never took part in sports. We we did sports as a a family, Uh but we didn't. And his dad never allowed them to do it because he wanted them to be the high percentage of the time to be his influence mm-hmm. and to be so uh so I at first I thought, Oh come on, you know, to my husband. Mm-hmm. But he's but then I thought back on Doctor Aldrich and the wisdom of that for them mm-hmm. and I thought this is probably wise for us as well. Yeah. You so you know, keeping things kind of pared down. Yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. So, yeah, thanks, Kathy. How about you, little tweet? What's what's one of the best pieces of mother uh, advice about mothering that you've ever received? I think that one of the best things I can do for my kids is to love and respect their dad. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm doing that, hopefully that will help set them up for healthy relationships in the future. Mm-hmm. If we have a good relationship. Um, but I've been told that, you know, one of the best things you can do is love and respect Gary. And for us to have a healthy relationship and that that is a blessing on that. Yeah. And I get to brag here on my wife. She is fantastic at that. Seriously. I mean, it's like I feel respected. I feel supported. Um, you know, I, I so, yeah, I, it's hard for me not to want to just brag on her for that because she does that so well. Um, and so, uh, ladies, I would really encourage you. I mean, to think about that, to really support, you know, respect your husbands. It's huge. It, it, it uh, pays huge dividends. Um, let's, um, uh, Kathy, I want to kind of come back to you. I'd, I'd like to start this question with you if that's okay. Uh, the, the demands of young children on a mom are high. Uh, and, and it may be a while since yours were young, okay? Uh, but the demands of, of young children on a mom are high. How do you spend time with the Lord when you have young children? Do you remember? Is there anything you can think of? I know, I know you Long spend time, time with ago. the Lord today. But. No, I know. Um, well, see, I was 30 when I got married, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of years mm-hmm. 
to get the word of God in my life. I asked Christ into my life all by myself in my bedroom when I was 18 years old, just before I graduated high school. I changed, went to a Christian college, met up with in a Bible study group with a bunch of gals in the dorm who were memorizing a lot of scripture. And, and they were, I mean, like, it was six to eight hours of Bible study required if we came to the study group. So it was kind of like you know, lean and mean kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was able to get a lot of God's word into my life mm-hmm. before I was married. So I don't quite know what I would have done if I had married younger and had to, you know, change diapers and keep up with my husband's schedule and do all that and the input. But I think the thing that the Lord reminded me uh, when I was thinking through on this today was um, you need to train your kids so that they, and what I mean is you need to train them starting really young to be alone. So so it might be nap time, and maybe you need a nap when they're taking a nap. But if you can start training your kids, and, and we used to tell the kids, you, you need to be in your room for an hour. You don't have to sleep but you need to be quiet. You can read or or sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a good time if you're not too wiped out yourself by then. And um, then occasionally I need you need to hire a good babysitter mm-hmm. and pray for a good babysitter, a girl, mm-hmm. um, a girl babysitter, lady babysitter. Mm-hmm. And um, pay her well, pay her a little more than the going rate. So that you and your husband can get out or so that you can get some time alone and or you can swap with a friend if you can't afford paying a babysitter. Um, the other thing that I did <clears throat> was I would occasionally, like maybe twice a year, get a half day with the Lord, I called it. Mm-hmm. And I'd go off with my Bible and a, a songbook and I'd go to a park and I'd sing songs and uh and I'd just kind of thaw out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need to do that if you can't be if your daily time is kind of wimpy, you know. Mm-hmm. So that really fortifies things a little bit. And then I'd start reading the Bible and I just read wherever I I, I have a daily quiet time plan. Mm-hmm. But I would just let I just kind of hang out with God for three, four hours in a place that's not distracting. Like if you're watching the bunnies at the park, it's a little distracting. But, you know, whatever works for you. But I would do that occasionally when I was. And I was at home full time. I was 20 years an at-home mom. I didn't start working. I didn't go back into teaching until my three kids were all three in high school. Okay. So I was able, so yeah, I think you just need to carve out time. The babysitter for you and your husband, but also the babysitter for just you. We had two girls in our ministry, uh, give me some money one time and offer to come in and stay with the kids so I could go have lunch with a friend. Mm. I was so excited. So I took money and I went down to a steakhouse by myself. (laughs) <laughs> and I took a, 
I don't, leave, I don't know if I even have my Bible with me, but I just ate all by myself a steak lunch. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> it was so good just to be all by myself, That's you know. Great. <laughs> so That's anyway, great. yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, Tweet, what about you? You're the one who scripted the question, so you obviously have some opinions. What are some thoughts that, that, that you have about uh, making time to be with the Lord when the demands of your children can be so high when they're little? Um, well, I think you need a, a couple thoughts. Put a Bible and devotional in every bathroom. <laughs> and I'm serious. Sometimes your bathroom yeah. is your time alone. Put a Bible and I still have a Bible and devotional in every bathroom. And Make sure there's a lock on the door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, that is one thought. Um, another is when you've got littles, get together with other moms and do like a play group. Because when you have kids and you have others that have little kids, you have a connection. So you could go to the park and maybe do Bible study. We, I remember when our kids were young, I remember Elsa, we were, you know, we'd go to Rolling Hills Park, and we'd have a play group. So we kind of did Bible study, but we kind of made sure the kids weren't breaking their arms, you know, in the playground. And <laughs> But kids need to play and have fun, but it's good when you're connecting, but also your kids are connecting. So, um, And then also worship music. There is power in worshiping God. And when all of our kids were babies, we had a worship lullaby cassette tapes at that time. Um, like when they, when I'd get up and nurse in the middle of the night, always had worship music on. And there's something about just lifting up the name of God in the middle of the night when you're with your babies or in the day when you're making dinner or you're picking up Legos or whatever, just having that spirit of worship in your home. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Tweet. How about you, Carolyn? Um, Joy probably, it's funny there's a bathroom theme, um, at, at a women's retreat, um, at Silver Spur, um, I heard, um, a speaker say that, and it's always stuck with me to spend time with God before, before the world comes knocking at your door. Because once the little ones wake up, there's, there's very little quiet time. There's, there's demands on mom. So if that means, okay, I, you know, I just want to veg on the couch and watch a show before I go to, maybe it means turning that off and going to bed so that I can get up and spend time with the Lord. Um, for moms, you know, little ones, there's not a lot of alone time, even in the bathroom. You know, there's knocking at the door. Um, so so definitely prioritize my day, or my, I'm trying to remember, so that, you know, you go, you go to bed exhausted and you wake up tired, but there's something refreshing about spending time with God. So doing what you have to do, um, arranging things so that you get that time in the morning. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, let's talk about. Um, um, let, let's. Talk, I'm starting to watch the time here. I want to be careful. What kinds of things can a mother do to raise her kids in the ways of the Lord? And we, how about we start with you on this one? What kinds of things can a mother do to raise her kids in the ways of the Lord? I would say number one, read the Bible to them. Um, they get it. Bible stories are powerful when you're when you're a baby and they're powerful when you're a hundred years old. And so I'd say, read the Bible. There's so many great Bible story books out there for kids, the scriptures, getting the scriptures. Um, and then, uh, also let them catch you reading your Bible. I think, you know, talking about reading your Bible, but then your kids see you reading your Bible, uh, pray with them when something happens, pray on the spot, you know, Oh, we need to pray about that. Or, you know, if they share something that's happening, okay, well, let's pray about it. And what you're doing is you're teaching your kids, 
when life happens, because tough things, that's part of life, the first thing you do is you go to God in prayer. And when you do that all the time, it becomes part of the way you do life. Um, memorize scripture. Put it to music. I remember we put a, a, a Psalm 34-4 to a little song when um, our kids were little and because they were afraid of the dark. And so... Um, you know, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Anyway, I still remember it, <laughs> but Psalm 34, four, cause we just put it to a little tune, but it's God's word. God's word is the sword that our kids need. Um, and then be in church every Sunday. Um, you know, my dad was a pastor, so we, we had to be in church every Sunday, but you know what? I'm thankful because it taught me that worshiping God on Sundays with my church family is a priority in life. Fantastic. Um, Kathy, what about you? What, what, what kinds of things can a mother do to raise her kids or even, uh, you know, because we do have a few grandmothers in our group. Uh, what are st- things that, that a mother can do or a grandmother can do to raise her kids in the ways of the Lord? Well, I think it's really, uh, I, I just say ditto with all those things that Joy shared, um, you know that God's word will not return void. It's going to accomplish what it pleases, yes. what it, what he sends it out to do. Mm-hmm. And so the only way kids are going to respond to God is his word. And he, the Holy Spirit uses his word. You know, maybe they get way off on some bunny trail along the way, and um, but God's word is going to be there. And I, when I'm... I volunteer at all of my kids' school, grandkids' schools, um, take them to school or take them home. So I do Nico in the morning. He's in sixth grade now. And I do the Chris's kids in the afternoon. I volunteer at the school, get to know the teachers. But on the way back and forth is a good talk time. And so I asked Nico one time what is his... um, What's his latest verse, or does he know a Bible verse? And uh, he says, I don't know any. He says, my mother doesn't teach that to me. I said, well, look, it's not your mother's problem. You are, you know, 10 years old. You're responsible. Mm-hmm. So let's. So we started memorizing some scriptures and um, talking about them on the way to school because I know that God's going to use that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're a little bit, you know, on again, off again with it. But, and his mom really appreciates us doing it. So, um, so that's one thing that, um, I think there's a wonderful book called A Grandmother's Prayers or Grandma's Prayers. Mm-hmm. I got it from Our Daily Bread because I, they send me every once in a while a free book and I spend a lot of time in that net. They have some amazing ideas for mothers and grandmothers mm-hmm. of things to do with your grandkids. Mm-hmm. And it's 60 days devotionals. Mm-hmm. I went through the whole thing and I thought this would be a good Bible study with a bunch of women, you know. But anyway, so it, it, it covers a lot of things to pray for your kids, but not only that, it, it's totally based on scripture. Sharon looked at it and thought every, every, uh, woman in our church needs this book. (laughs) But anyway, um, simple things like you can even read them a secular book that has a lesson in it. Like in Les Miserables, there's a children's version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, redemption and forgiveness there. You're making bread with your grandkid. Mm-hmm. And said, who's the, you know, 
who's the bread of life. And so, you know, there's a lot, there's 60 goals of things that you can be praying for your grandkids and a lot of ideas on how to kind of make a connection on that subject. And, um, songs and books and just activities and stuff like that. So, I think the big thing is what your mom did too, is making a connection, um, just in everyday life. You know, I, I mean, my kids, one of my kids just loved her second grade teacher, but I knew her second grade teacher and I knew she didn't know the Lord. And I said, you know, I know you really love her. Uh, and I said, and she, but, but you know, she doesn't know Jesus yet. So, uh, so we, we just started praying for her and, you know, but, cause I, I knew that she's going to be watching this teacher mm-hmm. and maybe wanting to emulate some things that I wasn't sure was a good idea. Uh-huh. But anyway, so just stuff like that. And that happened while I was peeling potatoes and, you know, and she's sitting up there on the, on the counter while I'm peeling potatoes and root jibber jabber and away and, you know, just stuff like that. So. Fantastic. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, Carolyn, what about you? What kinds of things can a mother do to raise her kids in the ways of the Lord? Well, I think it kind of varies by se- there's different things that you can do in season, different seasons of life. But just for example, when they're young, let them see you having a quiet time mm-hmm. and praying. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train them in the way they should go. And, they, and when they would go, when they get old, they will not depart from it. So, mm-hmm. so be the example. As they grow, um, let them see you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you say, oh, they know I'm not perfect, um, then let them see you ask for forgiveness. Um, teach them healthy conflict resolution. Um, as as they get older into adulthood, I'm still trying to figure this one out. <clears throat> I'm learning to support and let them learn to work through um, decisions and being able to let them make mistakes. Um, that goes against my nature, but it's important for their growth. Um, absolutely. And pray, 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 pray for your children without ceasing. This world is so distracting and pray that God's word and his voice would be louder and more appealing than anything the world has to offer. And every time Jesus whispers, follow me, they would do so with grace. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's do this. Uh, <clears throat> I want to make sure we do this. Uh, I, I'd like to hear from each of you. Do you have either a favorite text of scripture about being a mom or a parent, or do you have like a favorite story from the Bible uh, about being a mom or parenting? And uh, Carolyn, I know you just spoke, but how about I come back to you first sure. on this? Is that okay? So what stuck out to me was Eunice, the mother of Timothy. Mm-hmm. Um, Eunice and her mom Lois had a great impact on Timothy's life. Paul. Um, had a great impact on Timothy's conversion, mm-hmm. but behind his preaching were years of godly influence mm-hmm. by Timothy's grandmother and mother. And we can, you can find that in Timothy um, chapter 3. The sincere faith of these women was combined with instructing Timothy from his early years. So what we see um, from their influence is that godly, godly moms are women of faith. Mm-hmm. Godly moms honor God's word and train their children in it. And godly mothers have great influence on their children. Mm, fantastic. Fantastic. Kathy, what about you? Same. Same? Same. Okay. Any, <laughs> yeah. any additional insights? Well, <clears throat> we've been studying through the book of Acts and 1 Corinthians. and But I love in Second Timothy, um, 
both uh, Lois and Eunice, mm-hmm. their sincere faith, mm-hmm. and the same sincere faith was in Timothy. Paul commended him. Mm-hmm. So um, I was encouraged by that. I, I asked Chris last night, I said, I had to do this thing tomorrow. I said, do you remember anything that I possibly did? <laughs> and um, I said, you know, I, did, I said, I don't remember things. <laughs> and he said, well, I remember, Mom, when you uh, would, you, I remember you reading the word a lot. Mm. And, and every once in a while you would say, you would get so excited about what you were reading that you said, hey, Chris, did you know this? And blah, 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 you know. He remembered that. That's great. It stood out in his mind. And then another time when he was actually an adult, he was over at uh, Parkway Church with that large youth group, and he came over one time and he said, man, there's more problems with these kids. He says, Mom, what do we do? What do I do? I and I don't remember saying this, but he said, you said, there, I could tell you exactly what to do. <laughs> I said, and I'm all ears to hear what I had said. He says, yeah, just get them all serving somebody. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's good. <laughs> he said, their problems will go away. And he says, you know, you were right. Yeah. So, yeah. That, anyway. That's a fantastic word. It really yeah. Is. How about you, little tweet? Is there a passage of scripture that really, um, that you would like to share? Yeah, I love Deuteronomy 6, um, 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. On the frontlets between your eyes, write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. What I love about that scripture is basically what he's saying is first, you have to love Jesus first. That's number one. But then diligently teach your children, not just on Sundays, but when you're going to Target, when you're driving to school, when you're going to the grocery store, before they go to bed at night, when they get up and you're making breakfast. It's a lifestyle of teaching God's word to your kids. And it's right here. And then I love what he even said, you know, bind it as a sign on your hand and like on your forehead. It's like what that means is that in everything you do, Jesus shows up in everything you do. And even at your house, like my hope is that when people come to our home, they're going to see the love of God, experience the love of God and see the word of God all over our house. And, and it's like, that's, it's like what they're telling us to do right here in Deuteronomy. So I feel like it's a lifestyle of loving Jesus. And then you just incorporate that in everything you do, you know, with your kids. Fantastic. Good words. Ladies, uh, can we give these ladies a hand, please? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you guys return to your seats. I want to speak just a word of exhortation. And then I'm going to turn it over to, if I turn it over to Elsa, is that correct? Okay, so uh, go ahead, ladies. Y'all make it back to your seat. Uh, a couple things I want to encourage you to do. I mean, uh, you got to hear some stories, and uh, in these stories, I, I don't know about you, but I heard a lot of a lot of wisdom. I did. I mean, it, a part of me just kind of wanted to, to to butt in and take some of the things that they shared and 
force it on you, okay? I, I'm, because I'm a preacher, I, I want to I preach the word. I want to proclaim the word of God. And uh, I want to proclaim God. And because the thing is, is that internalizing God's word is how your life is transformed, okay? It's not just by hearing it, but it's by internalizing it. And, uh, and we're actually going to talk about that in a couple of weeks and, and how, to build your, um, how to build your home uh, uh, on the rock. Okay, we're going to talk about that. And uh, next week, uh, if you want to get ready for next week, I'd like to encourage you uh, to be reading Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. And uh, in, in what, next week, what we're, going to, we're going to be hearing from Dan Mickle, and he's going to be talking with us a little bit about how to build uh, a culture of grace in your home. People thrive. Children thrive. Wives thrive. Husbands thrive. People thrive in a culture of grace, in a culture of condemnation, in a culture of, uh, of harshness. People kind of just shrivel, to be real honest with you. And so we're going to be talking about that. I'd like to encourage you uh, to be here next week for that. Uh, and then also, I just kind of feel like God has really put on my heart uh, to ask you, uh, a question, and the question is this, is have you been saved? Uh, and the reason I'm asking you that question is today we got to celebrate how God has changed the lives of poor people, that these are not people, as Court so profoundly said, I'm a sinner, and so am I. And uh, there's not a single person here who doesn't need a Savior. And, and the truth is, is that, you know, in Christ, folks, in Christ, did you know this? There's no condemnation. In Christ, there's no condemnation. If you don't yet know Jesus, in Christ, there's no condemnation. Did you know that in Christ, nothing and no one can separate you from the love of God? Do you feel unloved? Uh, if you will bow your knee to Jesus, you can experience God's love that nothing and no one can ever erase. No one can take it away from you. And so if you haven't yet made that decision, or if you've made the decision that you do want to follow Jesus, but you've never gone public with it in baptism, I'd like you to talk with me. I'd, I'd love to share with you about how you can know Jesus personally if you don't know. Or I'd love to, to, to talk to you about your baptism if that's something you'd be interested in doing. So um, I'll leave it at that. And I'm going to ask uh, Elsa to come up and take over, please. She using this one? Okay. All right. Thank you, Elsa. <laughs> 